Today's episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by World Central Kitchen. Their relief team is working across America to safely distribute individually packaged fresh meals in communities that need support. They're now serving tens of thousands of meals daily in some of our biggest cities like New York and L.A. And they're launching initiatives across America to deliver free, fresh, hot meals to hospitals and clinics fighting on the front lines while keeping local restaurants in business as well. You could directly help the heroes in hospitals and clinics who are fighting for us. And you could help keep your local restaurants alive. Go to theringer.com slash WCK to donate, please. We're trying to raise $250,000. And if you have the means, it's an unbelievably great and useful cause that helps our hospital heroes, emergency workers, and local restaurants. Please give whatever you can. The money goes directly to World Central Kitchen, and it's a charitable donation. Once again, that's theringer.com slash WCK. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, April 15th. Used to be known as Tax Day, Jim Cunningham, Hill producer Jim Cunningham is with us, right? You remember that, Jim, way back when they used to call this Tax Day? Yeah, the old reality. (laughs) Unbelievable. Jim is with us. By the way, Jim, um, uh, last week, a couple weeks back, I had a WrestleMania pool. I said if you could pick the seven matches, I think they had like 14 matches over the two nights. If you could pick the first night, the f- seven matches, uh, one through seven correctly, I would send $136 because it was WrestleMania 36. I would send you a gift card. <laughs> Jim, I don't know. I, he, he thought he was eligible. He jumped in there. He was the only one out of like 400 people to go seven for seven. But it wasn't good enough that uh, I sent him the $136 gift card. He got uh, upset and a little whiny that we didn't mention it on last week's podcast. <laughs> so here it is. Jim Cunningham, the big the big winner. Congratulations, Jim. Thank you very much. And the second night, then I was five for five going into the last two matches, and then I lost. That's so right. I think it's fixed, wrestling. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, no. You don't get shit for five for seven. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, also, speaking of winners, on the line right now, my gurus of gambling, my wizards of wagering, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Hey, Sal. What's going on, buddy? Oh, I already I already hate how Harry sounds here. I don't know what the, <laughs> maybe maybe it comes across fine um when we when we reloop all the audio, but this is gonna be fun. Uh next week we're gonna have a big uh podcast gonna break down the NFL draft. Uh some of these fellas they did it on Harry's podcast, I think, last night. We're gonna tackle it next week. Um I, you know what? I depending on my mood, I might even let you guys use your real names. So unlike how Harry does it, but that's gonna be fun. Uh today, Teddy Atlas is coming on in a bit, legendary trainer. He had some thoughts on McGregor Mayweather. That's the fight we are going to be re-watching, recapping. It's a sports rewatchable, August 26th, 2017. Um yeah, this was good. This was a fun one. Not a, a long time ago. It's not like it was like 20 years ago that we have to harken back and think about things. But I thought we would go over it because it was the most I ever bet in a sports book on, on a sporting event. And I actually won. Now, listen to me. I know during a, a pandemic, this sounds like kind of shitty, uh, arrogant for me to talk about a big win in a casino when people are losing their jobs. But rest assured, 
I've lost way more than I've won over the years. So I like to bring back happy memories a little bit. We all had something to do with this fight. Um, Brother Bry, we were there a week. Were we were there the week. Did we leave the day of the fight? I know we were there a few days before, right? Uh, we went in on, Vegas. We went to Vegas on Thursday. We It was actually the first year I was signing up for the Super Contest. So we went on that mm-hmm. Thursday, signed up. I think we flew back. Shit, I think we flew back on Friday. I think yeah, it was a maybe. quick trip to Vegas. We had, we had discussed it uh, leading up if we wanted to stay for the fight. We we're like, you know what? It's probably not going to be a great fight. Let's let's not hang around. Uh, mm. And yeah, and then we um, we flew back. I remember we were stuck on the plane. Do you remember that we were flying back to LA and we were stuck on the plane for hours? So it's like, well, oh, that this was is a, this is a bad that was omen here. Out. That was Pacquiao. Uh, that was Pacquiao Mayweather, right? No, no. But remember, you and I, we flew. Oh, we were stuck uh, on the right. Ra- oh, yeah. Yeah, right, we right, were right. stuck on the rail. Uh, yeah, we were stuck on the runway uh, going oh, back. Yeah. And that's, that's when right. uh, Trevor took the private plane. Uh, with, yeah. Uh, what a jerk with- Trevor is. Uh, <laughs> Harry, you were with us. You were with us that leading up, right? I don't think you did. You probably didn't bet a dime on this, right? Uh, I don't. I don't recall. Uh, me and uh, me and uh, Ken were uh, with you, and we and Brian. We watched the fight together. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that was the actual fight. But the week you were in Vegas, the week leading up, oh, it doesn't matter. Paul, oh, that, that was that was the week you guys. That was the week. Uh, that was the weekend that you guys were, uh, or the couple days you guys were got all mad at me because I didn't go to Vegas, right? Oh, right. Yeah, probably. Yeah. What was your excuse yeah. then? I can't remember. What was it? What was it, Brian? Uh, I don't even. Rem- yeah, what <laughs> was it? It's like you weren't dating Angie. You weren't working. Ken probably just didn't allow you out of the house. Is that, but that he might was be there himself. That might have been it. <laughs> Parlay kid, you saw this as an opportunity to make money. I, I'd like you. I think it's like, yeah. you know, first of all, he started off at like minus 2,500 when this was talked about, when this uh, wasn't, nothing was signed. It was, right. it was just a dream matchup. And by the way, it was a dream because it happened in the summer and there was nothing at all going on. So that added to the mystique of it, uh, the popularity of the event, the hype and everything else. But it was about minus 2,500 in some sports books when it opened up. And I think that was about right. That's what it should have been. So when it jumped down to minus 450, 550, it went off at some places. I was like, I got to treat this as a stock going into this. I, this is just value that I'm going to, I'm going to, barring any kind of miraculous ridiculousity of what's going on with Conor McGregor, I think Floyd's going to win this. The numbers are there. I have to take advantage. Did you feel the same way? Yes, I remember doing the podcast. And, you know, I don't usually like these type of odds, right? I'm a guy, mm-hmm. uh, I might do a parlay with five uh, minus 600 teams or uh, or something like that. So, what, but I looked at it the same way you're looking at it. I'm looking at it like this should be like minus 2,500. So when, mm-hmm. it come, when it came down to like minus 600, minus 500, creeping down to even like minus 450, I think I, I'm on record on our podcast as saying, look, you know, take your kids' uh, college money, remortgage the house, do whatever you have to do. Put yeah. this money on Floyd. This is too good of a bargain, even sitting at like minus five hundred, whatever. I think that it went off at. I think the right before the fight, it was minus five fifty. So too good. That was too good of an opportunity for everybody. Great investment, as you said. Yeah, and I think I got it at minus four fifty, minus four seventy five. I went to Westgate. You have to put in it's a pain in the ass to put in money. Again, I'm gonna sound like an asshole here, but <laughs> if you put in a lot of money here, you they make you make it turn it into chips and you have to get a wire and everything else. But I was like, I'm doing it, I don't care. Um, ninety percent of the bets placed 
had Connor winning, but 82% of the total money was bet on Floyd, which is interesting, which I think it kind of makes sense because you have your casual better go walking up to a sports book counter and saying, okay, I like Floyd Mayweather. What do I have to bet? They're like, well, you have to bet $4.50 to win a dollar. And they're like, oh boy, that sucks. What about if I want Conor McGregor? You're like, hey, you bet a dollar to win $3.50 or something like, oh, okay. That, that's what I want to do. Yeah. So for people who didn't weren't familiar with gambling, like McGregor was a fun reach, right? At plus 350, Brian. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was fun for people. You know, everybody hates Mayweather, uh, even though as arrogant as McGregor was, I think there was just a ton of people rooting for him. So I think they were just like, you know what, this is, this is going to be a fun day, fun day in the summer. Let's just bet on uh, McGregor. But there was just, uh, this had to be the biggest uh, amount of million dollar bets I would think like Vegas had ever seen, right? I mean, definitely, well, we know for sure for fights, but even for like Super Bowls, right? Didn't they just have, Tons of million dollar bets put in for for Mayweather to win like they did. you know one hundred eighty thousand or whatever it was. It was between two and three times the the take of uh, Mayweather Pacquiao. I know that, um, and it doesn't stack up to like a Super Bowl, but definitely like an NFL playoff game. As a parlay kid, you had the numbers. How much was bet on this game on this fight? I don't have the exact monetary. Someone have sixty five million. Someone say sixty five, or was it different? Well, I think in I think in the casino side, I think it was about in Vegas itself. I think there was about seventy million. Uh, yeah. There was there was talk about another like in the United Kingdom on one of their sites. There was a talk about another like eighty million, but there was talk like illegally and legally that there was about close to a billion dollars bet on this fight, which mm. for a for a fight is ridiculous. It's insane. Now, I took Mayweather just to win. I was like, he's going to win. I don't care what's going on. But what I should have done is bribe what you did. You took him by knockout, right? Which is, was it a little worse than even odds? Minus 140? Uh, well, like all right. Yeah, so I'll say I had uh, my biggest bet ever. I had um, I had Mayweather to win, so just to win. But then I had, I, I put in, you know, when we were at the casino, I put in a few grand, which is a lot of money for me. Um, at Mayweather was minus 180 to win by knockout. That's so, what it was. Right. you know, it got you back like, you know, $1,200. But I was willing, I was risking if if he didn't, if it went 12 rounds, I was going to lose, you know, I was going to break even and that was going to be a shitty weekend. So I really, and this is Monday morning quarterback, but I really should have made that bet that Mayweather by knockout. Because here's the thing, I took him straight up. If he wins by decision, no matter what, even if it appeared to me optically, it, it appeared that he had won every round. If I have to sit there and listen to the the the, the ringing out, was was it buffer? I don't know who, was it, but make the call. That thirty seconds or so is going to kill me. It absolutely going to kill me <laughs> and add forty years to my life. Whereas I could have just taken him by knockout and like, oh, all right, well, at least I don't have to go through this if it goes to the cards. But anyway, I had Floyd. We all had Floyd. Again, not much fun rooting for Floyd. Um, he was 49-0. and 0. There's a lot of controversy as to whether or not this should have counted towards the 50-0. He breaks Rocky Marciano's record of undefeated, uh, amount of undefeated fights for, for a champion. And I don't know, Parley Kid, what do you think about that? Should this have counted? Uh, I think judging by the final result, I guess it should have counted. Um, you know, part of me was saying at the time, you know, did Floyd like carry him for a few rounds to make this look more legitimate than maybe it mm -hmm. should have been? But I don't really think that's the case after rewatching this. Um, 
I think it turned out to be a pretty legitimate fight, being that actually in the 10 rounds of this fight or nine plus rounds in this fight, McGregor landed more shots and threw more punches than Pacquiao did against Mayweather in yeah. 12 full rounds. So yeah. I guess it's pretty legit, pretty legit fight, surprisingly. And you could look at you, you we point to Pacquiao because that's the popular one, but out of 49 fights, Connor took him took it to him better than probably 43 of his opponents, right? I mean, not that's or an excellent point. Some, somewhere in that. So from that regard, you have to count it. Harry, anything else you want to say about the lead up to this fight before it actually happened? No, I just think that uh, you know, like Darren said, I think that definitely counts too. I mean, I thought, you know, Leading up to this, McGregor was a joke with everything that he's done, uh, not just in the ring, not in the ring, but out of the ring and everything. And I thought this was going to be a joke, but rewatching it. Um, and I remember when it happened, people said it was kind of a, you know, not a lot of action was happening. Not a lot of action happened in here. But still, I think it, later on, uh, this was a legit fight. And I think it counts, too. I agree with Darren. Um, both guys, um, and they, these numbers ended up being dwarfed once the uh, pay-per-view number came, everything came in. McGregor was scheduled to make a guaranteed $30 million. Mayweather was supposed to make a guaranteed $100 million. Both made tens of... I, what, does anyone know the final count on that, Brother Brian? Do you have it? Mayweather, what did he make? 360 uh, or something? something yeah, crazy. it was like 275 and then I right. saw McGregor originally, I thought it was like 85, but then I also saw somewhere he might have made up to a hundred and something. But I know uh UFC and Dana White also made whatever McGregor, it's it's basically like McGregor took 50% and then the UFC took 50%. So I think Dana White and the UFC made another like hundred million dollars off of this too. Right. Sal, there was um it was the second biggest pay-per-view in the sports history, second to uh wow. Pacquiao Mayweather, mm. uh four point three million dollar pay-per-view buys. And a fifty-five million at the gate for a total revenue of about five hundred and fifty million in this. Jesus, fight. wow, Darren, didn't you, Darren, didn't you, didn't you text us or something that it was a he Mayweather got made one hundred and seventy-eight thousand dollars per second. I had uh, seen that on uh, re after reviewing else. this, he made about one hundred and seventy-eight thousand dollars per second in this fight. Uh, Jim Cunningham, did you care about this fight at all going in? Yeah, actually, I did. I mean, I always watch these big fights, and I was a McGregor fan, too. I forgot how annoying Floyd Mayweather was to watch, though. It was just like, God damn it. it keeps turning around. Yeah. But we had a little party at my house, all watched it there. It was good. You had people at your house? What What year was this? <laughs> yeah, I know, people. right? <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah, all sitting uh, uh, six inches away from each other. Oh, horrifying. you do not follow the rules at all uh yeah and uh, honestly i thought when we had kellerman on the podcast i think i had um had nate diaz on they told different stories i was more in kellerman's camp i think there was a prop where you could bet like that that mcgregor wouldn't land seven punches in the fight it was crazy i was like yeah of course he's not wait mayweather's gonna bob and weave this is gonna be a blowout it's gonna be early seven let's go under seven punches he had that let's talk about the first round we get in there Connor looked bigger. He's shifting in and out, mostly southpaw, and we're seeing no offense from Floyd. Now, I know Floyd, that this is kind of his thing. He feels guys out. Um, he's gotten behind on the cards before against big competition. This is sort of his thing. But when you have a lot of money on somebody, you want to see a little offense. Um, Brother Bry, after the first round, were you worried at all? Uh, wasn't worried after the first round at all. Um 
even though McGregor had a great first round, uh, I think it just started right away with McGregor swarming Mayweather on the ropes. Uh, and he did a great job. Like when you rewatch that fight, he really did a good job of switching stance, like really quickly. I uh, was throwing Mayweather off for a first couple of rounds, but uh, one nothing McGregor there. I was not worried. All right. Second round again, backing Floyd up. He's controlling the action. Definitely quicker than I expected. Not sure if it's quicker than Mayweather expected or if he's playing cat and mouse. Uh, he gets behind. He's looking to land. Is this part of Floyd's strategy at this point, Parley Kid? Or are you saying uh, this is a little more than he bargained for or, or both? I think it's a little bit of both. But uh, according to uh, Floyd in the uh, post-fight uh, conference, he basically said his uh, his game plan uh, played out to perfection. His idea was to wear McGregor down early in the rounds and let McGregor kind of punch himself out. But at this point, I'm a little sick to my stomach. I mean... You know, he, he yeah. Mayweather throws six punches in the first round, lands two. Uh, in the yeah. second round here, throws 10, lands five. I have a 2 nothing McGregor after two. I know, I think two judges gave uh, Mayweather um, the second round somehow. I didn't think he won that. Mm. And uh, I'm not feeling good right now. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, what is Floyd doing? Is he, is, he, is he carrying him a little bit here? I'm not sure so far. Yeah, and it got worse temporarily for uh, anyone who had money on Floyd. Uh, third round, little hammer shots on the top of the head yeah. from Connor. And I'm like, oh, man, am I rooting for a disqualification here? Maybe that's my only hope here. Connor, uh, good tight jabs. Um, I think he's up 3 nothing. I don't know how anyone has it other than 3 nothing. Parlay kid, uh, now one yeah. judge has it 3 nothing. We don't know this, and the other two have it. For Floyd, it, it doesn't seem to make sense or two to one. Right. Um, but Floyd is also minus 300 live. Um, Harry, what did you think going into the fourth round? No, I definitely thought it was, I thought it was three, nothing Connor. I didn't think Floyd landed one solid punch, one real punch in those first three rounds. Uh, and, and it was impressive. I mean, Connor's off, you know, obviously showing left hand, showing left hand, but his right hand jabs were landing. Uh, maybe he should have went for a real, a uh, kill shot there that playing, trying to, you know, get it on early because it, later on in the rounds, you know, obviously he tires out, but, but I think his right hand jabs were working. And then after that round, Sal, I remember looking at you and then, uh, after the third round and I'm looking at you and you look at me and you just, you just rolled your eyes, like thinking like. Not that you're so upset with what's going on here and that Floyd's not going to come back and do something, but I think more than anything, you're thinking, have these two clowns concocted something that's that's could turn into a, a situation, that a fixed sort of situation, because Floyd hadn't done anything at that point. That was always built into the odds, I thought, Brother Bride. The fact that they might go at it and trade and it might appear to be even who knows what it really is so that there could be another rematch. I mean, there's hundreds of millions of dollars as a parlay kid pointed out. So that sucked. That was seeping into my mind. Other, you know, I'm playing off parlay kids stats here after three rounds. Uh, Floyd had thrown 28 punches. McGregor had thrown, let me add it up. 115 punches down three, nothing. And yet, yet brother Bry, Floyd is minus 300 on the live line at this point. Well, yeah, he's minus he's he's minus three hundred. Uh, I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. I'm still not there yet. Uh, the funny thing was, though, 
He's minus 300, but when you look back at the scorecards, I think on two of the three judges, he won two, He won yeah. the second and third round, right? On two of those judges' scorecards, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I'm starting. This is where I started getting a little nervous, but I wasn't so nervous just because we have seen uh, many of Floyd's fights, whether it was Zab Judah, whether it was De La Hoya, whether it was like Maidana, Canelo even a little bit, Mosley. Starts off really slow first three or four rounds. And uh, that was the only thing what you brought up was like, all right, well, this better not be one of those. Like, we're just going to have a close, even fight, have a rematch. You know, that 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 was definitely seeping into my mind a little bit. But other than that, I still wasn't really too worried, even though I thought at that point McGregor was fighting excellent. That would have sucked. All right, fourth round starts, and Mayweather throws 31 punches, lands 16, which is both thrown more and landed more than the first three rounds combined, uh, which is good. Even though he's crouching down, he's still baiting. He did mount a bit of an assault. Connor's jabbing, Floyd trading. He finally got to work. This is a relief, Parlay Kid. The first round he for sure won. Yes, uh, I think uh, Connor landed a nice left hook in this round. Uh, but Floyd was landing some nice combinations, controlled the round, even though I remember thinking at the time, some of the MMA guys had this 4 nothing Connor at this time, some of, their, some of their guys. But I'm thinking it's 3-1, worst case scenario at this point, McGregor. And you feel a little bit better after that round four. Right. Uh, fifth round, not a ton going on. Lots of covering up and stalking by McGregor. Still seems to have energy in the beginning of the round. Floyd roughhousing in the uh, in the clenches, which is interesting. Connects with a few overhand rights. Then Connor becomes a little tired at the fifth. Maybe not tired, but you see Floyd more more in the tank. Uh, still probably losing this fight. I think he won the fifth round. Harry, uh, things are evening up a little bit here. Yeah, definitely, and I and I. Like- at, at the start of the fifth round, announcer Brian Kenny, who I think did a really good job, and uh, as did Sugar Ray Leonard, he mentions that uh, Brian just mentioned a couple fights back. Uh, the Zab Judah he mentions was uh, beating Mayweather three rounds to one, and that halfway through uh, Floyd's fight versus De La Hoya, he was losing, and he went on to win both of those going away. Uh, I mean, I think it's obvious here that uh, Floyd plays the mental game better than anybody, maybe in sports. And mm-hmm. uh, speaking of that De La Hoya fight, guys, I was there thanks to uh, my Vegas hookups. I was there and in this time of social distancing, just throwing off to the side here. Uh, I happened to a, an hour before the fight, just letting you guys know, I was urinating next to Sugar Ray Leonard. (laughs) And uh, I guess this is a part of social distancing since uh, I looked at him to the left of me (laughs) as we're both urinating next to each other. And I said, uh, hey, champ, who do you have? Nice. And he totally ignores me. So I guess in that way, he was social distancing (laughs) himself from me, I guess. (laughs) There you go. I mean, Jim Cunningham. I think Jim gets in your ear and says, Harry, sex sells. So really, really <laughs> yeah. toss up your urination yeah. next to Pades if you can. Jim, you like you that one? That? No. Urinating yeah. next to Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, my goodness. Well, well Sal, one thing. Could we just say, though, um, I know when we went back and rewatched this, we had uh, like Kenny and Sugar Ray uh, do one of the things. But also, I think the main fight was done was Bernstein and uh, Mount Pauli Balanaji were like right. doing the, the main. So there was like a simulcast going on with 
um, mm-hmm. who, who was uh, analyzing that. But at that point in time, too, it was funny, right? Because uh, I still remember, I think Paulie and Malinaji and, and McGregor hated each other, right? And they had been sparring. Right. And that was when McGregor knocked Malinaji down in sparring leading up to that. And that was a big controversy. And I remember during the fight, you could kind of get a sense that uh, Malinaji just didn't really like McGregor. But uh, I know even yeah. on this on this recap, listening to Kenny and uh, Leonard was a little bit different for sure. But that was big. Yeah, it was a big TMZ moment showing the, uh, I think that was uh, like grainy footage of the knockdown. Right. In, uh, in <laughs> but Sal, after, after the round four, looking at you after that, I could see in your face that you were just a, a lot more relieved. Yeah, after four and after five, and then we get to six, and Connor, um, maybe uh, and, and, uh, you feel a sense of desperation that he's the, the letting the fight slip away. He hit him more. See, Floyd gave his back a lot, and I have to say, it is interesting that Connor didn't fall for it. I mean, he was he was doing the the, the hammer shots to the back of the head, but softly. I think if he mm-hmm. if he goes halfway or full out, the the referee. Uh, Bird is going to have to make a decision and disqualify him. Maybe that was, again, part of uh, Floyd's plan, but I didn't think so. Floyd's pressing the action again. Big rights, big right hooks. I'm feeling good. The fight, I think, is tied at worst. And then uh, and then you see after six, uh, Connor's corner men would look like Guinness bartenders, really. They had the, the vests on. I didn't even know what I was watching. Uh, we get into the seventh. Connor is still relentless he's moving forward he's measuring he's um he's he's uh attacking and then uh floyd comes back big straight rights the crowd is briefly on their feet connor looks very tired now he's got his mouth open and uh harry you noticed that floyd was starting to land shots oh yeah he i mean he was he was great in the in especially in the uh, seventh round was where he really started to get uh connor good uh getting very wobbly in the legs. I think that's when the first notice, but I still, uh, still, uh, he's landing great stuff. And Connor, like you said, Connor's hitting a little bit, but it's very soft, but I, I do give him credit because he could have went down plenty in this and he took some decent shots, seventh, eighth, and then in, obviously into the ninth and he could have went down and he, he, I mean, obviously, uh, even in post game, uh, uh, post-fight interviews, he want, he thought he should have still uh, been able to fight. I mean, he was still trying and giving it all he had. Give him credit for yeah. doing that. He could have went down easily. And then, so now, if you look at the live line, he's a huge money line favorite now. Minus 800 or so, mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather is, heading into the eighth round. Uh, Floyd gives Connor a good first minute, It and, and then Connor comes back, and it's close. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Mm-hmm. This This fight could be tied? After eight rounds, now now this is shitty parlay, kid. All of a sudden, again, eighth round, Mayweather lands 20, uh, McGregor 15, and uh, power shots, it was 15 to 12 in the eighth round. Did you, did you feel it was even again? I don't think any judges had Connor winning the eighth round, but in, yeah. in my head, I thought it was close again. Yes, exactly. You know, after that round seven, you felt like Mayweather was a complete control of the fight. Now round eight comes, and... Uh, the round was very close. Uh, watching this again, uh, I could see how you could have scored it maybe for McGregor. Uh, maybe it was McGregor's last stand right here uh, mm-hmm. at this point. But, you know, when you have a lot of money on Mayweather, you're just assuming McGregor wins the round, right? You're like, all right, I'm just going to give this to McGregor and say it's 4-4 at worst right now yeah. or at mm-hmm. best, depending on how you want to look at it. That's what you want to do. And the over-under is nine and a half, but I feel like Connor's a winner already, just making it to the ninth round. 
Uh, interesting thing between the eighth and ninth round, I think it's the first time we saw a ring girl. She holds up a Corona sign, the sign with the nine with Corona. Interesting. Nice little okay. bonus for us here. Uh, Connor comes out slugging in the ninth, gets a low blow warning. Um, he's looking around. They, they, they comment that he might be looking for the clock. So he's getting tired. His legs are shot. He's now taking big punches. Floyd back on top here. Uh, Brother Bri, what'd you think of this ninth round? Well, yeah, let's go back to the like the first five seconds of that round, right? McGregor, I think I looked over you right after this happened, but McGregor lands a really hard <laughs> like body shot low blow that was really tough to see. Even when you go back mm-hmm. and watch replays, you're like, it's borderline. Yeah. It might have been because it was a little bit like a hook uppercut. Like it might have glanced a little low first, but it kind of landed on the belt line. But like right. the ref, the ref bird is behind. So it's not until like McGregor swarms him and Mayweather's complaining that it's low that Bird came to help him. So it was just like a weird 10 seconds because I was like, oh, shit, did he hurt Floyd there? Uh, because yeah, because <laughs> I was like, I do think he's a little bit hurt. I mean, I don't think he was going to lose a fight or anything, although I do think McGregor kind of screwed himself a little bit there because he like jumped behind Mayweather's back instead of just like trying to unload punches. But it was really weird. I'm still it's still a weird circumstance with the with bird coming in like 10 seconds late after the low blow to call it a low blow instead of calling it right away. I, I but I was a little worried in those first three or four seconds. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And again, we've not we've seen most of Mayweather's fights. He doesn't get hurt. He doesn't right. get he doesn't get hit. And maybe this is part of the maybe he's getting beat. But maybe he's also, like we said, setting up for a rematch here. But after the ninth round, he did take control. He took control oh, at the yeah. end of the ninth oh, round. Yeah. By the end of the round, he killed him. He was landing bombs. Yeah, for sure. Sugar Ray Leonard, Harry, I think, uh, called and pretty much said it was going to be over, right? <laughs> yeah, he said uh, at the at the at the end, Sugar Ray said it was over after the like I just said, Floyd was dropping bombs late in the late in the ninth, and then start the tenth. It, it was obviously uh, it was it was definitely done at that point. 42 punches landed, 39 power punches landed at a ninth. Definitely feeling better, right, Bri? Oh, yeah. Um, At that point, I knew. So now you're not nervous as much. Well, now I'm a little nervous in the ninth round because I'm like, he's getting tired. Like halfway through, I'm like, he's getting tired. But I need this to end before the, you know, the 12th. I need a knockout here. So it wasn't until by the end of the ninth round, I was like, he is done. He is finished. Even the announcers knew mcgregor's legs were shot um so -hmm. you got the sense uh in the 10th round that it was coming that it was going to be over so then we have the 10th and you know mcgregor exhausted all heart and instinct at this point um he had floyd in the corner and then uh floyd had him in the corner and then an assault and it just oh a bomb after bomb left right combos he's doing his thing uh and Bird steps in and stops it. He wasn't throwing back. That's the the key. Connor had been throwing back. He'd be taking some punishment, but was throwing back. At this point, he wasn't. Paulie Kid, was it stopped too early? Uh, McGregor thought it was uh, stopped right. a little too early. Uh, that being said, I thought it was a good stoppage. Uh, Mayweather mm-hmm. was very accurate in rounds 9 and 10, literally landing about uh, close to 70% of his punches at this point. Uh, the fight wasn't going to go much further. Uh, but the fight ends, and you're kind of like, wow, both guys won this fight. This was a win for McGregor. That's what I'm sure. thinking, too. Like, 
This was a win. McGregor put up a pretty darn good fight. Hats off to McGregor. Good performance by May- Mayweather. Everybody seems very happy. I don't think there's any losers here unless you bet a lot of money on McGregor. <laughs> I want to talk to uh, I want to talk to Teddy Atlas about this in terms of what you just brought up, Parley Kid. Boxing's reputation, which had a lot to lose. Um, if uh, if Mayweather gets knocked out, I even think he, more to lose if Mayweather loses by decision, unless we do conclude that this was all a setup for a rematch and all that. But brother Bry, what a goddamn relief, right? I, I might might have stopped it a second early, but I didn't care when he waved it off. Thank God it would happen. Yeah, I mean, we were, I, I, at that point, I was in the tenth round. I was going into that. I knew, uh, yeah, like I said before, like I knew that it wasn't getting past the tenth or eleventh, or at least the fight. Oh, we had a good idea that, I mean, maybe Connor won four rounds. So at that point in time, you're thinking, all right, worst case, it's worst case. It's five, four, six, four. Mayweather's Mayweather's fine here. But again, I was a little bit different because I had that knockout. Scores, uh, uh, judges entering the 10th had Mayweather up 87, 83, 89, 82, 89, 81. So the boxers, the boxing judges weren't going to let him lose this on decision. 87, 83 is probably where I had it. Harry, you think Floyd could have gone on uh, another fight, right? Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the fight, he looked amazing. Uh, he didn't look hit like his face was fine. I think he and he's so fit and everything. I think he could have went. Another, who knows? He could have went another nine rounds. He looked like he was ready to keep going. And yeah. I think, Sal, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it did. Maybe they did stop it just prematurely a, a second or two, but it, it wouldn't, wouldn't have mattered. I think maybe he could have went a little more. I think more than anything, McGregor was just in his mind maybe saying, I'm not going to go down. I'll take whatever. I'm not going to go down. And he just sat there and took it. But, yeah, he wasn't fighting back. But I think maybe a split second too early. But, again, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, it came out afterwards that Floyd tried to bet himself. I think you, you could bet on yourself. It's weird how they have the uh, rules here. You could bet on yourself but you can't bet a specific round. And I think Floyd tried to bet himself to win in the ninth and or 10th round. And they said, no, you can't do that. So he sent one of his cronies out there to uh, bet for him. He bet the under Brian. I think he barely got the under, which was nine and a half. I mean, obviously you could bet any kind of round prop you wanted, but as far as even odds went, I think nine and a half was the number, right? Yeah. Nine and a half was the number that I know. Um, I know the casinos were wanting that over, right? Because everybody was factoring, uh, you know, figuring that Floyd was going to win inside nine and a half. So uh, just uh, just went under by uh, what? Do, what did it go under by? Twenty five seconds. Yeah, that was it. That mm-hmm. was it. So that was uh, interesting for sure. After the fight, Mayweather did say he was that Connor was better than he thought, but uh, but also that he followed his game plan. So. I don't know. It's a little of everything there. Connor commented that Mayweather fought like a Mexican. I'm not sure what that means. I guess it's just nonstop action is a thing. But also that they said that Floyd wasn't fast or powerful. He was just composed. Yeah. He talked about how composed Floyd was. And then he said, uh, the referee, I wish he would let me wobble back to me corner. And um, obviously he wanted to keep going. But in general, Parley Kid, it seemed like he was happy. Everybody was happy. A lot of praise going both ways. Yeah, exactly what I said before. Everybody was a winner here. Everybody made a lot of money. Uh, the boxer won the boxing match. And, you know, the, the UFC fighter put on a pretty good show. So the, everybody was a winner. Um, I think we 
both, you know, as far as who was the big, you say everyone's a winner. I agree. Um, aside from Floyd or Connor, who is the big winner? You guys have any thoughts? I would say Periscope. You look at the numbers. I don't know that this put Periscope on the map or if Pacquiao Mayweather did, but there was a ton of free options if you downloaded Periscope to steal this fight. Any other big winners aside from the two combatants that you guys noticed? Well, I so I had like a winner slash loser, and it was kind of um, what I was thinking here is UFC fighters in general, because I every time you know how much money the UFC is making off of these fights, say however many tens of millions of dollars they're pulling in off these fights, and usually these guys are making you know. You know, some guys are making a few hundred thousand once in a while. You know, even McGregor and his other big fights was a couple of million dollars. But uh, it's little, you know, obscene than the numbers that they were getting here. So I think it was just I mean, it's good because it got a lot of exposure for the UFC and UFC fighters. So maybe after this fight, they started making a little bit more in terms of pay-per-view for bigger fights. But mm -hmm. in general, still, you're like, oh, God, it sucks to be a UFC fighter because you're just. I mean, obviously they're doing it for the love of fighting, but they're really not making any money. Yep. Yeah, it's true. Any other big winners, guys? We can go on to uh, shoot. I, I think uh, I think you and uh, Sally, you and Brian are some uh, pretty good winners. You guys didn't. Thank uh, you. you guys collected a nice chunk. That was it. That might have been my last uh, win ever. <laughs> two and a half years ago. <laughs> Brian was fine. Brian was firing away. 2017. <laughs> that was definitely a bit. Yeah. Uh, I haven't done it that big since, but uh, I'm, I'm waiting to pounce on something. Well, I don't think we'll ever see anything. I don't, who knows? Maybe we will. But just in terms of just the way it lined up that everyone wanted to be such a big fan of Connor and everyone wanted to have their money behind it. And it shot the odds down to a, what I thought was unrealistic. It was it was special for me because I won money on it, but I was pretty much dead wrong on how it was going to play out. And mm. that never, ever happens. That will never happen again. Um, mm. the, everything else might. Um, the big loser, I'd say Manny Pacquiao. Think about if Pacquiao beats Mayweather. Um, I don't know. He had the shoulder injury and everything else. If he beats Mayweather, this is his fight, right? Against uh, McGregor. Maybe now you don't get the loudmouth thing going. Pacquiao's a little more reserved and everything. But um, I think they go, I think Connor probably calls out Pacquiao. Why would he call out Mayweather? The loser of that fight. Any other uh, losers? Harry. Well, uh, yeah, we, uh, me, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Def uh, definitely Harry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> definitely me, me, uh, me, your son, Sal, and uh, and Ken lost in beach uh, football that day, too. That wasn't fun. Okay. All right. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I'm glad I asked. You guys beat uh, us. I'll leave that one alone. Floyd, that. 50 and 0. Breaks Marciano's record for undefeated champs. Rocky, 49-0. and 0. Haven't heard from him since. A lot of, lot of uh, rumors about what the next fight will be, which brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino, which each week, the Degenerate Trifecta and I set sail tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events. The captain approached me and said, wow, this is some inner sport fight. Um, what other intersport fight? We don't do this a lot anymore. Looking into the future, not the past, but which intersport fight would you want to see most? And here are the options. Mayweather Connor, two, five to two odds. Uh, Pacquiao McGregor, four to one. Marcus Stroman, Kyle Larson, 10 to one odds. Marcus Stroman called Kyle Larson out. That's a potential fight. Uh, Serena Williams, Ronda Rousey, 30 to one. Or the field at two to one. Harry, start us off. Who are you taking? 
30 to 1. Give me that all day. My girl Serena against Ronda Rousey. That'll be awesome. I mean, first off, look, Rousey, 5'7, 135 against a Serena, 5'9, maybe <laughs> 165. Uh, I looked up there, you know, they're just, this would be unbelievable. Seven and a half foot uh, shoe size for Rousey. Serena oh. has 10 and a half. Serena on her body shape says pear. She's pear shaped. So listen, All I'll, right. I'll take these two in a fight. Not to mention, you guys, do you guys know that Rousey did? She's the first American woman to ever earn a medal in the Olympics in judo. She did that in 2008. So that's pretty impressive. So and the way <laughs> Serena has her, uh, uh, she's her just killer instincts. It's, it's so underestimated uh, that, that her killer instincts, these two going at it would be great. All right, Harry, I. Let me explain something to you. I know we put this up there for fun, but Ronda Rousey would kill Serena Williams. <laughs> eh, kill her. Come on. No, I'm it would, like 20 seconds, right? Brother Bry, 20 seconds. I mean, yeah, I, she'd, she'd get, I, well, even if we I, gave Serena, give Serena the racket. Even, that's even what a, I was going to say. Give her a racket. <laughs> Still not close. Come on, Harry. All right, speaking, Brother Bry, what do you think? By the way, Sal, Brian yeah. mentioned, speaking of um, rackets, uh, the day after was the tennis match. Uh, oh, right. After this fight, too. Yeah, give her the kids racket that uh, Harry forced Brian. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, where Bri- and, and where Brian cheats. Cheats. <laughs> right. Brian, what Jeez. do you think? What's the sport uh, well, you want to see? Well, it's funny. Fight? As much as I would love to see Strowman kick Larson's ass, just because Strowman, a Long Island guy from uh, Patchogue, so he's around the corner from us. I right. gr- uh, grew up. But uh, the problem is, in all honesty, for NASCAR, I don't really follow it. I really don't even know who Kyle Larson is. I probably should know who he is. But um, <laughs> so I'm going to throw that out the window. I, I will say I would actually really like to see uh, Mayweather Connor too, but in the UFC, but not a five round fight, maybe a three round fight. Um, you know, obviously in the boxing, I was obviously I was 100 percent convinced Floyd was going to win. I was surprised at the outcome um, in MMA. I'm 100 percent convinced Connor would be win, but I'm just yeah. curious what would happen. Uh, you know, Connor was not a submission specialist. Would he just submit Floyd like early in the fight? Would the kicks just bother the hell out of him immediately in the fight? And I'm also looking at from Floyd's side, it's kind of like a win-win there for him too, because it's like either he loses quickly, um, but he's still going to get another $300 million and, uh, it's not going to go on his boxing record. So I doubt, I, you know, I could see Floyd if he who knows if he ever gets into more gambling trouble or something, all of a sudden's like, you know what, I, I need a big payday. So let's uh let's do this fight. But I, it I, is a I lot actually of really wouldn't mind seeing it. You gotta think the the money they made for this fight, it pays for a lot of court appearances. It would pay for a lot of education, three, four generations down the line. But let's face it, Floyd's got court appearances, McGregor's got the same. Um, there's going to be child support money and these cars, these guys have to have their uh, wonderful cars, hundreds of millions of dollars in cars for Floyd. Oh man, that'd be interesting, brother. Brian. I think Connor would have to, first of all, with the smaller gloves, you couldn't, you couldn't take a chance with Floyd. Right. So I think he would have to submit him. I think he showed that he could get around them behind him, even in a boxing match. So I think that would be the way to go. Parley kid. What do you think? Which inner sport fight would you want to see? Well, so I'm going to take the field. And since this is for my own entertainment, I'm going to take, uh, well, you know, we've even on the podcast and especially in like our text messaging to each other, we've had Harry talk a lot of trash about <laughs> a lot of athletes, right? Yeah. 
Uh, in particular, Romo and Jeter. So we'll start with one of those two as the athlete. <laughs> First, our pseudo-celebrity in Harry uh, for a boxing match. Being that this is my own uh, entertainment, uh, the fight would most likely start out with Romo like just jabbing Harry to death uh, before like beating him to a bloody pulp in around round two <laughs> or three. Uh, I would get a lot of enjoyment out of that. So but I'll take that. Could this that. be 2017, Harry, though? What? It wouldn't matter, Harry. It, you could pick Ooh, any year. I, I beg to differ, my friend. I beg to differ. <laughs> wow. What what if the fight went on in a, in the shallow end of Harry's pool? I mean, <laughs> he's obviously much more limber. Uh, you look at the videos online. He's uh, a different beast in the water, right? I'm a different animal in the water. By the way, if you want to check that out, Harry's latest video, he's giving uh, draft picks out in the pool talks about the the benefits of taking a nap and then goes underwater. It's almost like you're um, endorsing taking underwater naps the way you disappear there. I don't know. Maybe I have to go back and look. Did you see yeah. that, Jim? Did you see that video? No, I didn't get to see it yet. Send it to you. I'm going to send it to you right now, Jim. No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> How about this, guys? I don't know who his opponent would be. I want to see Brooks Kapka. I want to see Kepka fight somebody. Mm. Oh, yeah. Maybe just one. get the toughest from each sport and do like a round robin. Yes. Blue, yes. blue in the face from all these brackets they've been throwing at us online that we have to pretend to hate and then end up filling out in our heads, um, you know, mentally at least. But I'd like to see an all sports tough guy thing. Maybe, I don't know, who would be baseball? Partly kid, Mike Trout or something? Trout. I don't know I'll, tell you, I'll like, tell you who would be baseball. Yeah. Have you seen Araldus Chapman? Oh, he, right. uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. He was actually put yeah. he actually looked pretty good throwing some punches the other day when he was working right. out. He is gigantic right now. So they I'd say Chapman. I'd say Chapman. All right. Let's do Chapman and Kepka. I want to see those two go at That's it. Not That'll bad. be fun. Anything like that. Oh yeah. Uh, Jim, what about you? Who are you thinking of? I don't think anything could top uh the image of Tony Robo Romo uh jabbing Harry to death. <laughs> Beating him to a bloody pulp. But uh, the Araldus Chapman thing just made me think of, because uh, he had that video. But didn't Stephen A make a video also? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe yeah, like yeah, Stephen yeah. A versus uh, mm. Kevin Durant, because I know they had some problems. Right. <laughs> so I'd like to see that, too. Well, I don't know it. what sport Stephen A is. is Harry, Stephen A belongs to a sport as, as much as Harry <laughs> yeah, does, exactly. I think. But I, I, see what <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing that. All right, that's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. Uh, all right, fellas, that's about it. We're going to come back next week. We're going to do the draft props. We finally have something to look forward to next Thursday is the uh, NFL draft round one. And we're going to have a ton of props to go over for that. That should be fun. I will say there's a little, little light at the end of the tunnel today. Dr. Fauci said sports could be back without audiences. Obviously just get that out of your head. There's not going to be an audience from now till December. I just don't see it. No big gatherings, but Polly kid, maybe we see everything coming back. So all we have is hope, right? That's what we have. So uh, let's, um, Let's just keep that in our, our heads and uh, hope that's what uh, happens. All right. So, so let's get it back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got to see these numbers go down. Right. So in order to do that, just stay home for whatever. How many more weeks? They say two, three, four. Let's get those numbers down. The leagues will come out with it. They'll they'll come back on how they'll figure it out. I really do think they'll make it work. I know it takes 200 people to make a football game. That's going to be tough. Fewer to make baseball and basketball. What are you thinking, Harry? Do we get this done? Baseball in June? 
Yeah, you know, I think uh, the baseball in June can be done, especially with this. I, I know the uh, the 30 teams coming to Arizona wouldn't have really worked, but if you can really do this the way they, they planned on it now, with the it, actually it'll be a lot of fun, too, if they do, because totally different divisions, uh, the Florida teams, and then you have the Arizona teams, and different different divisions with all different teams mixed just because of the ge- geographical locations of these teams uh, for one year. Why not? And it would be a lot of fun to see different matchups that we don't see. And these teams would be in their own division. I mean, like, uh, for example, uh, if people haven't noticed this right now because of the proximity of where teams are located in Arizona, one of the divisions would be um, Colorado, Arizona, San Francisco, who are all in Scottsdale. And then in Mesa, which is about five minutes away from the stadiums, would be the Cubs and the A's. So that would be one of the divisions. It would be Cubs, A's, Diamondbacks, Rockies, and Giants. And uh, like I said, it'd be all over in California. Excuse me, in Florida and in Arizona. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Let's get this going. If we have anything to shoot for, let's do this baseball. I just need my TV to look to resemble something I remember it to be. Right. Brother Brian, we get these TVs that split into two and three, whatever, and we have nothing <laughs> at all to watch. Uh, I'm watching Friday Night Lights again. It's just fun. Brian, you hate it, I know. But uh, <laughs> what, what do we have to do for football? I, I don't know. It's just, it would just be interesting the way they said it. Like, it, you would not have a players' union agree 100% to play. So it would have to be like, all right, if you want to play, you could play. If you don't, you forfeit your base salary, which is weird because you got, I was looking at a guy like Aaron Rodgers, his bait, he makes 32 million a year. His base salary is two and a half million. Why is a guy like that risk playing? Uh, Yeah, I know they'd have to work something out there with those contracts like that. I don't know if, uh, I don't know what you can go back on and what you can't. Uh, so it's, I know it's really tough. Um, but it's going to be going to be a weird uh, rest of the year. I know um, they were saying today, right? Golf, there's a good chance that's resuming back in June, right? Which golf, you would think, middle of June. Mm-hmm. You would you think should golf, have NASCAR should have uh, golf, NASCAR, and MMA for which, sure. Yeah, those week. make sense. So, I mean, if we get golf, we get MMA maybe in, uh, you know, if we get MMA and or UFC in May, golf in June, I'll start feeling a little bit better. But All I'm right. looking, brother, looking forward Brian, to the draft. At the brother Bry, yeah, the draft will uh, keep us afloat for the next week or so. Um, Harry, you're at AAO Harry. You have something else going on? What What's your other podcast? Yeah, actually, today, you know, I didn't even realize it until you said April fifteenth, the beginning. Sal, I was supposed to have my uh, colonoscopy today, and uh, you know, oh. that's been pushed back. <laughs> yeah, that's been pushed back till uh, at least July. So uh, I don't really? know how I feel about that exactly. If that's good <laughs> or bad, but um. <laughs> But thanks for earlier in the in the uh, in the show mentioning that uh, brother Brian, the Parlay Kid, were on uh, my uh, podcast uh, last night. Uh, Best Bet Corner. Uh, we talked about the draft and on Odd Sharks. You can catch my ma- uh, mock draft and my other prop plays. And next week should be a lot of fun um, uh, with us uh, going over a ton of props. Yeah, and you know, bringing up the colonoscopy. The problem with Harry's colonoscopy is it violates social distancing because it takes at least two hundred people to uh, aid in this procedure, right? And so I, I don't know how they get it done. I, I don't know how they do this. I, I'm saying, I saw Dr. Fauci said you wouldn't get this colonoscopy till fall of 21, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, maybe, I, maybe, maybe I can, maybe I, if that's the case, maybe, uh, maybe if I do have cancer, maybe then I can just sue the hospitals, right? Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. okay. okay. Wait, wait to be positive, Harry. <laughs> All right, Parley kid, try to top that. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm at the chalk talker, and uh, yeah. I guess the real winner here is Harry's doctor, right? That's uh... <laughs> <laughs> always, yeah, harsh, harsh. That guy should lock himself indoors forever. All right, Jim Cunningham. Um, at Jim Cunningham, and the eyes are ones. All right, the eyes are ones. I'm gonna do a couple ad reads, and then we're back with Teddy Atlas. Lots of fun. Hey, here's a message from our sponsor, ZipRecruiter. Right now, we cannot be overwhelmed. We have to work to keep our loved ones safe and protect our communities. We have to work to stay strong, to stay connected, to stay focused. We have to work to inspire, to innovate, to build new solutions. But for all of this to work, we have to work together. At ZipRecruiter, we connect employers and people every day. But today is different. We are partnering with first responders, government officials, the medical community, the innovators, and the manufacturing, transportation, and food distribution industries to make sure we are finding the right people for the right jobs right now. Let's work together. ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. You know, as the novel coronavirus pandemic escalates in the U.S., public health officials are encouraging those who are experiencing signs or symptoms of COVID-19, such as coughing or fever, to seek medical guidance remotely. If you or a loved one are feeling sick or just worried, there's a way to get help without leaving home. Roe is offering free telehealth services for people seeking guidance and information on COVID-19. The service is available free of charge in all 50 states in Washington, D.C. Roe's free online assessment will help determine if you are at risk, and if appropriate, Roe will connect you with a medical provider for a free consultation. The assessment was designed by doctors and infectious disease experts and is based on guidelines from the CDC and WHO. Visit Roe.co slash coronavirus on your phone or laptop to complete a free online assessment or just learn more. If you're worried and maybe experiencing symptoms, go to Roe.co slash coronavirus to start your free assessment today. That's Roe.co slash coronavirus. All right. Welcome back to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Just recap. Did a sports rewatchable. McGregor. Mayweather, August 26, 2017. Joining us now, I'm a big fan of this guy for many, many years. This fellow trained 18 world champions, is a member of the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame, former fighter himself, still a fighter. You could see him brawling with uh, Stephen A. Smith on ESPN when he uh, commentates on the sweet science. Teddy Atlas, thanks for coming on board. Uh, no problem, so uh, You know, I, I hate to even start saying this because you were nice enough to give me an introduction um, but I'm, I'm in the, for whatever it's worth, I'm in the Canastota Hall of Fame, the, the, the regular one, I guess. The, oh, you're in the big one too. I guess so. Yeah. That's, that's a big, big swing and miss by me. I'm sorry uh, about that. I've been to I'm Canastota. I'm even say it. I feel a little, little silly. No, I'm a jerk. You know what? I, I would start over, but, uh, I, I like to show no, the human element of this no, show. No, what like what to, an idiot I am. We like to be real. And, um. And I appreciate that. <laughs> First of all, it's Teddy, how you doing? Are you staying safe? Are you staying healthy during this uh, terrible pandemic? Yeah, I'm trying to do my part. You know, like everybody else, be responsible and, you know, uh, do the self-quarantining and uh, everything else, the social distancing. And you, you never, listen, you nothing's perfect. So God willing, I'm okay. The main thing for me is my family. And I have grandchildren, mm-hmm. hopefully, so far, everybody, again, thank God, has been good. And I run a foundation, too, a charity foundation, no more than anybody else, you know, doing 
just doing our part, getting food out to people, to the senior citizens, the most vulnerable people, um, people that are laid off, that are the, the small guys that are with dishwashers and day workers and, you know, doing stuff like that. And they're not getting reimbursed uh, uh, for, you know, in this time, or they're not getting any kind of government uh, subsidies or unemployment, but they're, right. they're you know, they, they're out of work and they got children and they're, they're good people. So we, we got a little formula we put together where we're getting gift cards out to them and um, trying, you know, trying to help in the way that we can. Absolutely. You're very, uh, very charitable. We're going to get, we're going to wrap that up at the end too. We're going to get to that. I'm going to donate. We're going to have everyone donate to that. Well, that's very nice uh, you. Yes. Those are the people, those are the people making a difference. Also, you know, your food service workers putting their lives on the line for basically nothing. Um, little weird transition here. Two guys who put their lives on, on the line, but for a lot and a lot of money. Uh, Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, I said about two and a half years ago. Uh, now, before the fight, I and everyone else, I don't know. I, I felt like McGregor didn't have a shot here. And I remember watching an interview you did before the fight. And you kind of you kind of indicated that it's a no win for boxing. And I agreed with that. I, I felt like boxing integrity needed to be didn't need to be challenged here. And I, I felt like even though Mayweather prevailed, boxing reputation was on the line, maybe didn't rise to the occasion. I'm not sure who you were rooting for in this fight, but boxing definitely gets a black eye if he gets knocked out, Floyd, or worse yet, loses on a decision. How did you feel before the fight going in? No, you wrapped it up. You put it together good. I mean, that's that's accurate. Uh, my concern was boxing, that MMA had nothing to lose. We did. You know, boxing mm-hmm. being we uh, had everything to lose. Uh, not a lot to gain, but everything to lose. And um, so I was, I, I wasn't concerned that Mayweather would lose. I was a little bit concerned of how the fight would go, that if it wasn't dominant enough, that that could, that could hurt a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. But not to the magnitude that obviously if you lost, um, that, that would really hurt the sport. And, um, but I felt that it was a money grab, and because you know we just fooled around before saying, "Hey, we're real here. We're going to t- we tell the truth." And but that's that's a harsh part of it. But having said that, I felt that it was okay that it didn't turn out mm-hmm. to feel like a money grab. It turned out to the the, the Pacquiao. Mayweather one, which is in that universe, even though it's not from alternate places of, of you know, combat sports. It's they were both from boxing, but that was one of those special, you know, times where the stars lined up, and something that never happened before happened with the magnitude of the attention, the money that came with that. It was historic, right. and but that felt more like a money grip because it was probably five years past their primes for both of them. And Pacquiao went in there supposedly injured with his shoulder. But the thing that really bothered mm-hmm. me, and again, the truth is the truth. You know, some people won't like this, but in the corridor going out, 
And a lot of people wouldn't even notice this, but again, it's my sport for my whole life. And, and it matters how it puts itself forward when it goes out there on, on that grand stage and asks people to put up $100, people that never did that before. And a universe of people that never did that to that level of numbers. So it does matter. You look in the corridor before they're coming out, and usually you'd see the guys warming up. You see the guys in, you know, in their serious mood. What do you see? You see Freddie Roach, the trainer, with Pacquiao taking selfies. And as it turned yeah. out, it was connected to where, obviously, they had a commercial deal. They had a promotional deal to get paid for something. Are you kidding me? Not really. I usually don't put myself in this position to, to be <laughs> nitpicking at this stuff. But since we're talking about it, are you kidding me? I mean, you get $120 freaking million. You really need to do that to show everybody that this probably is a money grab. <laughs> it feels like it. It sure as hell looks like it at that moment. Like, like it doesn't look like yeah. the normal fight where the most important thing is what you're about to, where you're about to walk to. You're not taking something you know, you know what, when you're about to walk into a ring. Yeah. You know what's funny, Teddy, and I feel indirectly responsible for this because my cousin Jimmy walked Pacquiao down to the ring, and you're right, it wasn't it wasn't taken as seriously as it should have been. Um, and I, I agree with you totally. That did feel more like a money grab uh, than McGregor and yeah, Mayweather. Yeah, the McGregor one, the one you were bringing up. Yeah. And the McGregor, again, going in, it looked like it was supposed to be a money grab, and maybe it was. Yeah. But they took it serious. McGregor took it serious. And I think some of the deterioration of Mayweather at that point in his career, being off for two years and everything else, and Styles. Yeah, Styles make fights, even if it's an MMA guy and a boxer guy. Yeah, they do. Where Mayweather's not a seek and destroy guy. If that fight had been with a Canelo or even with a Thurman at that time, or with a Spence, mm -hmm. You know what? I think McGregor, and I, I love the guy. I give him all the credit, and I give that sport all the credit and all the respect it deserves, and it deserves a lot. Yeah. But they would have knocked out McGregor. They would have went and got him. But the really? style yeah. saved him because that's not the style of Mayweather. It took him seven, eight rounds to, to get the motor going, to make the adjustments, the adaptations, to go forward and realize, hey, I got to come out of my comfort zone and I got to do something I don't do. Instead of counterpunching, I got to lead and I got to go get them. And that's what made the fight more competitive and where it wasn't a money grab. It became a real event. So, I mean, and I agree with you, but so what, what, this is basically it. Do we think that Floyd had a, after seeing McGregor's style, after seeing McGregor was coming after him for the first three rounds. By the way, one of the three judges had McGregor winning all three of those first three I had rounds. McGregor, listen, think... I was there at ringside doing it for ESPN, yeah. covering the fight. I, I had yeah. a, a sitting with Chael Sonnen, who does a great job with the MMA stuff and the UFC stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I had, I don't see how you have it any other way. If you know what you're looking at and you're honest about it, I, I had a early part. I had McGregor winning. I did too. And I was freaking out because I had put a lot of money on Mayweather. I thought this was just a value thing going into this fight. I thought he should have been a minus 
2000 and they knocked it down to minus 450. I was like, all right, you're not going to see value like this in a long, long time. And in fact, there were other side bets you could make on Floyd, whether or not McGregor would even land seven punch, like seven punches. You could bet that he would land under seven punches. He had that wrapped up halfway through the first round, McGregor. So I was, I was shitting there. And so, all right. So after the first three rounds, what are you thinking? Are you thinking McGregor's got a decent shot here? I'm thinking he's winning the battle. He's going to lose the war. And again, I'm not trying to make myself smart. So it'd be a Monday morning mm-hmm. quarterback. I, I care about, right. to, you know, really being authentic. People are smart out there. If you're a jerk and you make things up <laughs> on the flight, they realize you're a jerk. And so I would hope my mm-hmm. reputation after 45 years is, is, is able to save me from that kind of thinking. Um, I, <laughs> I'm sure I, it will. Uh, I really, because I would say it. I would, I'd say, hey, yeah, I, would, I, I was worried, but I was a, I wasn't concerned to that Defcon four sort of place. I wasn't there. I was just, I said, gee, you know, I'm not shocked because again, I knew that the Styles would play that into this, where Floyd wouldn't go get him. He'd been off two years. He's forty years old or whatever he was, and. You know, he likes to take his time. There's going to be a window of opportunity, and that window's going to be early, where McGregor can get ahead. He can get ahead. And so I wasn't shocked by that. I was almost expecting it, if my memory serves me a little bit. And I want to be careful with saying that. But I I was thinking, you know, hey, when is Floyd going to start stepping it up? Because that's what he's got to do. And is Floyd, which I realized that it had to be a yes, realizing that the guy is not going to walk into traps. The guy's got a, besides being the way he's fighting, he's got a long reach and he's mm-hmm. not walking into counters and he's boxing on the outside with that southpaw jab. Is Floyd going to realize, and at this point in his life, you know, multi, 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 multi millionaire, is he going to, is he going to realize that I got to go get him? And is he and is he going to be up to doing that? Is he going to because some right. guys aren't up to doing it no more. Some guys make too much money, and they're just not up to doing it. They're not going to spit the bid and quit, but they're not going to mm-hmm. do. They're not going to make that kind of drastic effort anymore because right. it's because it's difficult. And I was a little bit. That was where my mind was. Was is Floyd going to make? that difficult adjustment and that's purely out of pride because obviously there's going to be no other motivation anymore. None. So mm-hmm. I was thinking he's oh, he will make it, but I, I haven't seen it yet. He better start making it soon. And then, yeah. and then he started doing it. And whether he, you believe him or not, that this was his plan all along to, you know, kind of like feel him out the first three rounds. I'm looking at the numbers now. Mayweather threw 28 punches through three rounds, the first three. Uh, McGregor threw uh, 76, 115. So then Mayweather in the fourth round throws 31 punches, more than he did in the whole first three rounds. But whether you agree that this was his plan all along, this you're, you're right. This style had to throw him off. Coming at him southpaw, he's a bigger guy anyway, throwing from different angles from the outside. Yeah, I'm not saying he's freaking out at all, Mayweather, but uh, not the fight I, I think he uh, he bargained for going in. And as far as motivation goes, 
I actually think you might be right. Maybe he lays back a little if the 49 and 0 thing isn't on the line. Do you agree? I think that, you know, our legacy is over there. No matter what Tom Brady says, <laughs> I mm-hmm. think that <laughs> our legacy does hang a shadow over us, especially later in life. I really do. And I do believe mm-hmm. that people like Floyd, proud people like Floyd, proud people like like Michael Jordan, people like that, mm-hmm. people like Kobe Bryant, God bless him. I, I think that it does matter. And usually they're going to tell you that. But yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I listen, we're all human. We all bleed right. red if we're cut. I think that Floyd definitely being that he had that zero. I always say when I was calling the fights at ESPN at Wingside, I would always say, I break down the fight, break down the strengths and weaknesses of each opponent. And then if one of them was undefeated, I'd finish it by saying, but of course he's got that one other big advantage uh, that can't be properly registered. And that's the fact that he's never learned how to lose. And there's something Mm -hmm. to that. And it's got to do with legacy. It's got to do with pride. It's got to do with, you know, it's a combination of all those things that you haven't accepted losing yet. And that's a powerful thing. And yeah, to your question, yeah, that was in the balance. That is in the balance. Always is. Let me ask you this, because I think I know where you stand on this, but now that we, it's funny that you said it like, you compare the money grabs, which one's a more money grab, Mayweather McGregor or Mayweather Pacquiao. Obviously, Mayweather Pacquiao, legit fight going in, regardless of what you want to say about Pacquiao's injury. Uh, do you count the 50-0? and 0? He's breaking Marciano's record here, even though he's going against a UFC guy. Keeping in mind that you said this is less of a money grab than Pacquiao Mayweather. What do you think about that now? Do you That's count a that great question. Number? It's a fair question. It's a responsible question. Um, Thank you. I, I want to give a responsible answer. So I think for two seconds... Maybe you put an asterisk next to it. And I hate to say that. <laughs> I hate yeah. to say it. I hate to freaking say it. I'm going to, if you say, Teddy, don't leave us like that. One way or the other. All right. I'm going to say it stands. But but I said okay. what I had to say. I had my thought. I had my doubts. Uh, I have my ifs. But at the end of the day, if you say it, you know, just like with Bob, you know, Barry Bonds. Those home that home run record, I, I think there's you know definitely an asterisk there because what might mm-hmm. have been in his veins, and it seems like it was in his veins. If we're being you know we're looking at everything that is out there to look at in a sensible way, but looking at this, um, the guy showed up. At first, you'd say put an asterisk or or don't even give him it. Keep it at you know keep it at. 49 and all, or whatever the near yeah, 49 and all. Keep it at that. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I say you can advance and put it in the books, the guy showed up and gave a professional effort. He gave, yeah, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's from, you know, a different group of, of fighting, uh, a different place. Yes, I get it. But you want to know the truth? Floyd, if you go back to any fighter, to any great fighter, Rocky Marciano, 49 and all, you want to go back and want to be honest about this? 
they fought guys yeah. a lot less than McGregor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is early in their career, we forgot about it. Okay, but right. we looked at the marquee fights when it got closer to fifty and oh, Okay, but if you're gonna be honest, mm-hmm. you go back. Floyd fought plenty of soft opposition early on, like everybody did. And Rocky Marciano, right. some people say he fought his brother. And listen, he's a great fighter. Don't get crazy, the Italians out there. And you want to go after me now with, your, <laughs> with, with, with forks and everything else and the knives. No, please. They hate it. Take it easy. I think Marciano yeah. was great. The- I think he was underrated. But right. he might have fought his brother on his way up. <laughs> I, yeah, the Italian grandmothers will go out. Forget the forks and knives. They'll come at you with a wooden spoon. But I know what you're saying. I, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you, yeah, you I almost know. don't have to give an answer. Yeah. yeah it, because you're, even Floyd himself, like you said, like Mayweather, uh, McGregor fought him better than 43 out of his 49 wins, right? So in that regard, you have to count the fight. But the fact that it's not a pro, it's not a guy with a lasting professional boxing record, people will always say you have to give it, it shouldn't to count. It's it, it, yeah. I think, yeah. listen, we broke it down probably further than most people would break it down. I think it deserves to be broken down. But at the end of the day, I also think that he deserves to get it. Yeah. A uh, couple more things. You, you know, you trained Michael Moore. I said you trained 18 world champions. Well, I'll take the heavyweight, Michael Moore. Would you, if this opportunity presented itself for Michael Moore back in the day, how much would you convince him? I mean, I, obviously... It, the money gets to a, a level where you, you almost can't say no, but w- would you have been against something like this for your fighters coming up? If we were, and listen, when I say it, I'm going to qualify it again. Uh, yeah. Not to knock this guy, because I got I have respect for him, because he got in the ring and he fought. But if we were fighting Butterbean back in those days, I would have right. been hesitant and I would have pulled away from it, to be honest. Butterbean's a good example. Yep, I would have pulled away from it, okay? Because I think the, I think the, the gain is less than what you can lose. You know, the 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 risk is greater than the reward, because yeah. it, it would leave a blotch on him. It would it would leave him open to things that a fighter of that caliber shouldn't be left open to. So that's the fair answer. If if it was something like we're talking about here, hey, go back to Ali and Anoki, the Japanese uh, mixed martial oh, right. arts guy. That turned out to be a disaster. The guy laid mm-hmm. on his on his uh, on his back on his back for the whole time, yeah. and he caught it the crab or something. I don't know what, but you know, he laid on his <laughs> back, and actually, Ali wound up getting blood clots in his in his legs from the kicks to his legs. But it was a disaster. But right again, you, you didn't. No going in, but he was getting seven million. Back then, seven million was unheard of. He was getting seven oh, yeah. million dollars for that. So if Michael Moore was in a position where he's fighting a guy from another combat area of sport, and it, and there was that kind of money there, and you think that it's responsible to get him in ring with the guy from a physical standpoint, because that's my responsibility to make sure that he mm-hmm. he wouldn't get hurt, that he that it makes sense that way. Then I was, I'm not against it. Yeah. Why would I be against it when, when, when fighters risk themselves every time they get in the ring and why are they risking themselves to make money, to take care of their family so they can get closer to the exit. So they don't have to do it no more. 
Yeah, and exactly. And what you said is I, I don't think boxing's reputation was hurt, really, ultimately, with the Mayweather-McGregor. I think mar- mixed martial arts guys, I bet a, a lot of wise guys probably got in the head like, oh, I could beat any boxer. And they're like, that that part of it sucks. But uh, that's just stupid anyway. I want to talk to you about, um, I listened to your podcast, The Fight. Uh, you had you went over the five best rounds in the history of boxing, and then you ended up giving like twenty five. Because as you pointed out, <laughs> how do you, how the hell do you narrow it down to five? You had Ward Gotti the first time, ninth round, great, great classic. Uh, Norton Holmes the fifteenth round, and you talked about the impact it had on both fighters going forward. By the way, I agree with you, Larry Holmes. No matter what happens, I think he ends up the most underrated heavyweight of all time. Um, Dempsey Furpo, it's funny because I didn't know about that. I looked into that, but the fact that there were like seven knockdowns, that was great. Corrales Castillo, that's the one. That's my A number one with a bullet right there. 10th round, the first time they fought. Not the biggest names, but just Teddy and you you pointed out bruisers just battling in the middle of the ring, the whole freaking fight. Um, Tony Weeks is the referee. Doesn't really have much action for a, for a match that was fought inside the whole time. He didn't figure in much except for stopping the fight uh, and also um, deducting a point from Corrales for taking an extra minute or a couple seconds when the mouthpiece comes out. But as you pointed out, the points didn't matter at that point. Um, that that to me is my favorite. Yeah, I'm with. Listen, I have Ward Gaddy ninth round. Okay. Uh, yeah, I could. It's kind of like when people ask me, who's the best pound-for-pound fighter? Of course, it's subjective. Mm-hmm. It's my opinion uh, right now. I say Lomachenko, and I say Crawford is right there, 1A, one 1B. Mm-hmm. One, one In other words, mm-hmm. you know, either way you want to go, I can't argue with you. I could even flip-flop them. You know, either way, it's all ice cream. Ice cream is good, you know? And yeah, you're right. Chocolate, mm-hmm. vanilla, with sprinkles, it's all good. So... Either way, I could easily never argue with you over Castillo and Corrales. I mean, like I said about Wooden Gaddy, it was like it was like watching or reading a novel. I mean, chapter by chapter, you had chapters in that fight. That that one minute, you know, the the guy, the the guys that you know who the hero is. The next minute, he's not the hero no more. The other guys that the next right. minute he's gonna he's gonna be gone. He's going off the cliff. The next minute he's been saved. He's coming back. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, really? Either one of those fights. And I'm a guy who loves to go there. You got to remember. And I think I said that on my podcast, so people would yeah. understand. I'm a guy who favors the era of the 20s to 30s to 40s, where some of these fighters had right. 300 fights. I mean, 200 fights. Sugar Ray Robinson, Archie 200 Moore. fights yep. almost. Uh, Henry Armstrong, one of the greatest of all time. 300 fights, 115 mm-hmm. knock, knockouts. Can you imagine? The, they fought the best. They all fought the best. They didn't worry about, like today, where you had to worry about navigating your way to a title because you wanted to stay undefeated and, and because you wanted the network to like you because they like undefeated records. No. Because that gets yeah. in the way of becoming a better fighter. Back in those days, that didn't get in the way. They fought everybody. It didn't yeah. matter if you lost a fight because you were losing to a good fighter. And then you were fighting them mm-hmm. again next week. So I even I went against myself. Instead of going to that era only, I went to the more modern era because I felt that yeah. these fights were that good, that compelling. 
And you rounded out the list, and I was worried for you when you had four in. I was like, oh, my God, he hasn't said Hagler Hearns. I, I, I trust your uh, expertise, but you're going to catch a lot of shit if you don't put Hagler yeah. Hearns on there, which is actually 35 years ago today. How, how the hell? How is it 35 years ago? That's insane. 35 years question. ago today, Hagler Hearns. I still think Corrales Castillo have the star power of Hagler Hearns, and we're just – that that's all we're doing is watching that fight over and over and over during this pandemic. But uh, here's a wild card you didn't have in there. Uh, kind of stupid one. Holyfield bow Caesars palace parachute man comes in the ring. Bizarre, bizarre round. And then they beat the hell out of him, Right. Yeah, they did. I mean, you know, he, he got sent to the hospital. I mean, I don't know if he deserved yeah. that, but he, he deserves something. <laughs> he deserves something. Right. <laughs> and and he, he got something. He got something because yeah. he was a moron looking for attention. Somebody <laughs> could have got hurt. He interrupted a fight where a guy's trying to make a comeback, uh, changing history possibly. And I, and I you know what? I, I think that fight, that his action might have changed history a little bit um, where, where it changed the flow of the fight. It's it, mm-hmm. it, guys have to sit there for ten minutes, get cold, you know, start up again. If it happens in a baseball game, you know, it changes things. The the starting pitcher yeah. has to come out sometimes, or he's not the same pitcher. So you know, I right. think it might have influenced that fight a little bit. But at the end of the day, I didn't think the fight itself had enough ebbs and flows and enough yeah. drama to be on that list. It's funny that you mention it because if I did go with one, it would probably have been the first along the lines of the fight as you're talking about, it would have maybe been the first bow holy field. Now that fight. Yeah. Right. I know that I know bow, the bigger, stronger, younger guy. I know that he, he won the fight handily, but that there was some incredible rounds in there. Incredible. Where Holyfield, yeah. the much smaller guy, looked like he was knocked out with an uppercut. I mean, it looked like he was gone. And then all of a sudden, he freaking comes back, and and he's got Bo, you know, in trouble. That maybe mm-hmm. that one could have been there, maybe more than the the parachute one. Yeah, Mo- monster punches in that first fight. You're right, and Bo, another one who's the underrated heavyweight. For sure. Uh, I want to ask you, in these weird, can, can boxing survive in this new um, insane world we live in until there's a vaccine? I mean, WWE is doing it. UFC should be back soon. How many people does it take to put on a, a boxing match? It, listen, it's very similar to UFC. You know, that's going to mm-hmm. be a good, that, that's going to be, you know, a good barometer to tell you if boxing is going to be all or good, you know, uh, blueprint, if you will, because it's basically the same thing. You need, you don't have to have people, number one, obviously, it's on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to have an right. audience. Yeah, that's the first part. You, you have to, you have to have corner people. Okay, so let's say you cut it down to two corner people. You have to have a referee. You have to have a doctor. You have to have judges. Mm-hmm. But you could do the judges. The judges don't have to be there. So you right, could eliminate that with electronics, mm-hmm. with some, you know, with the uh, sophistication of, of the way things are done now. So they don't have to be there. They could just send it on a computer, uh, the rounds. So you could eliminate that point. right there. Can't eliminate the ref. I, I, it's pretty minimal. It's pretty minimal. 
You got to have. You could do it for under under twenty under twenty people under twenty people. Yeah, right? I, I keep talking about like yeah, like football's two hundred at at the. Li- I mean, even if you do obviously no fans, you do the fifty three men roster. You got uh, you have a uh, coaching, you have medical personnel and officials. You're at two hundred boxing, MMA, whatever wrestling. You could do it for twenty people. Guy. I was going to be a wise yeah. guy, but I tried to control myself. Where, when when I was contemplating if you needed the judges, I was going to say maybe we're better without them. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I I I know you went crazy too with uh with uh what the hell's his name with Pacquiao and uh oh crap why can't I remember his name in Australia Horn right oh Was yeah it Pacquiao Horn yeah. I went nuts too. And I've always been, me and my, my buddies always talked about why not for these big fights, make it five judges. This way, if, 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 if talk about a wise guy, if someone decides to, to turn it on its head, we still have three capable judges. That's that's proof of it not mattering, right? All three had horn winning. That, uh, that made me matter. sick. Listen to your friend's yeah. thought. Um, that's what they used to do in the old days with the amateurs. They had five. Yeah. And they still got it wrong. Mm-hmm. So, did, you know, right? you got to, yeah. I know what I'm about to say is the simplest thing in the world, but it's, but it's not that simple, but you just have to have honest people that know what they're doing. And that, yeah. That's really what you need. You need to have them properly educated, you know, properly mm-hmm. trained because the, the criterion has to be for the scoring has to be, you know, there can't be gray area. It's got to be black and mm-hmm. white. What is the criterion? So they have to be properly trained and educated to what we want the criterion to be. Is it who throws the most who, or who lands the hardest, most clean punches? Is it who comes right. forward or who's effective? You know, so it, that has to be understood. And you have to have, again, people that are competent in that area and then honest. And, and that's a problem because the landscape of boxing really begs for corruption. I'll say it again. It begs for corruption because there's no separation between the people that make money and the people that are supposed to be administrating law and rules mm-hmm. and making sure that the right things happen. And there's no policing. Right. So it, it's like the landscape is like saying, come on, come make money off me. Come on. It's wide open. Yep. It's the wild west. And you think with the Don Kings out of the world away and everything, it think it would have gotten better, and maybe it has a little bit. There are bad decisions, in my opinion. Uh, you'll have like Triple G against Canel. I'm like, ah, they, I just think they got that wrong. Like how, do, how does Triple G not have come out of that two fights with anything? And then there are the Horn Pacquiao's where it's like, oh shit, yeah, this is still and not so fixed. I'm not even not looking even at close the little ones, the ones that for 23 yeah. years. Me doing boxing at ESPN for 18 years, doing Friday night fights, mm-hmm. where I sat them yep. all over the country in these little Indian reservations and everywhere, the little in Iowa and, and all kinds of places that, that you never heard of, in little towns where we put those fights on ESPN and the little guys got robbed, but nobody made a big deal about it because it wasn't a marquee right. name. Yeah, it's too bad. What do you want to see? I think... Uh... I think I've seen enough of Wilder Fury. I know they want to do it a third time. Actually, it's it's signed. They just had to move it up a little bit. Uh, which fight are you looking forward to the most? I've seen, uh, you mentioned Lomachenko earlier. I'd love to see him match up with one of the big, if they can get the weights right. Yeah, listen, I agree. I love Lomachenko. I love, I love Crawford. I, first of all, if you're going to touch on the heavyweights, 
I don't want to see that anymore either. Um, you right. know, I mean, because I don't know what's his excuse if he loses again, Gabi, that <laughs> that the uh, referee talked too long. You know, I mean, <laughs> really, what? I, I mean, the uh, forty-five pound uh, costume that he wore was the reason that he got tired. Uh, I, if yeah. I'm going to see a heavyweight fight, let it be Joshua and Fury. It'll be a spectacle. It'll be 90,000 people in Wembley Stadium and, and everything that comes with It'll be a Super Bowl-type event. Uh, yeah, so, be good. Yeah, let it be that. But as far as any fight, uh, I love Lomachenko. I would love to see Spencer Crawford. It's been diminished a little bit in my mind. They're two welterweights undefeated. It's been mm-hmm. diminished a little bit. There's doubts a little bit, clouds, only because... Crawford had that car accident. He hasn't fought since. I don't know where he is physically and mentally. And maybe I'll put emphasis on mentally. Because when you go through that and you see your life, and listen, you flip over in a a Ferrari going to speed. So he was going, what, he flipped over six times or whatever it was. And you see the video of that. I mean, really, that that is where you talk about seeing your life pass in front of you. And after that happens, right. How are you? What are you when you get in the ring and you got to do things that, you know, not everyone can do. Go after a guy, try to hurt a guy. Uh, are, are you up to doing that anymore? You got to take a risk now. You got to put your life yep. on the line, so to speak. Are you up to that now? Yeah, that's true. It's all you're a whole different boxer after a whole, whole different person. I imagine uh, this has been great. I'm going to let you go. I just have to ask you. I've always wondered Mike Tyson. You trained him early in his career. I think he was 15 when you left Custom Models camp. You famously held a gun to his head. He was acting inappropriately to a, an 11-year-old relative of yours, I think your niece. You guys made amends a few years back. Um, do you think if you had stuck around, you would have been able to you know, guide him away from the pitfalls that he encountered, or was he just, he, was he just a man on a mission ready to sabotage his career? Luckily, he's gotten back on track for sure. Um, in the post career, but do you think you could have made a difference if you stayed in there? I would never say yes, because it just mm-hmm. wouldn't be right to, for me to stand here and act like I would know that and 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 try to take credit for that and make myself in that kind of light. I would never say yes. I mean, would I would I think that I would have challenged him in areas or or you know put up a, maybe more of a fight uh, in some areas than some people did um, when certain behavior was showing itself. Yeah, I did that already. Mm-hmm. That's why I wasn't there anymore. Right. So so I have no problem saying that. But for me to stand mm-hmm. here and, you know, grandstand and pat myself and say, oh, yeah, it would have been, yeah, yeah, if I was there, he he, he would have been the first guy to break Marciano's record. No, I'm not going to say that. Matter of fact, right. I'm going to say this now that I think about it. It probably wouldn't have made a difference in the end. It might have held it off. It might have held the dam from bursting a little bit. I think this is the most mm-hmm. honest way I can say it. But in the end, if you don't have character, Sooner or later, it's going to show itself. And it's going to show itself, in this case, in your workplace, in a place where, you know, the truth comes to you really fast inside that ring. 
And sooner or later, you're going to face a guy, whether it's Buster Douglas or Amanda Holyfield, that has enough character where your pure talent's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. Yeah. I, I was thinking about it from your perspective, looking around, for, you know, now no, no longer in the camp and watching him go down to Buster Douglas. And you must have been like, well, A, I knew this was going to happen. And B, this is such a shame. He could have broken Marciano's record. He could have, you know, he put no, it no, together. No, no, he could have no. won 100 fights. He, he had the talent. One of the greatest. Yeah. But let me let me mm-hmm. say it this way, Sal. When you say he could have broke Marciano's record and we say that he was he the greatest of all, all that stuff. Okay. I'm going to ask one question. I think it's fair. Because some people will say, you know, those haters out there, oh, Teddy, you got sour grapes. No, 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 no. I can separate it, I think. I think. Um, I've always prided myself in doing that and trying to do that and wanting to do that. So I would ask this question. If he, being Tyson, didn't have one of these ingredients, one of these qualities, he didn't have the speed that he had, he didn't have the power that he had, I'll just leave it at those two. If one of those two qualities was missing, would he have, Mm. would we be even entertaining the thought that he could one break Marciano's record and two be the greatest of all time. I'll give the answer. No, we wouldn't be. So here's my here's what I'm saying. He was missing another quality that I think is just as important as that, but we don't think about it that way. And that's character. The ability mm-hmm. to overcome. The ability to find a way. He was missing that. Now, if that was replaced with the power or the speed, everyone would say, oh, no, you're right. He, he could never be the best of all time. But he had those talents that we like to embrace and we look at, and they're neon and they light up and we can see them and we're comfortable with them. But he didn't have the other one that's more important than both of those. So the answer for me is always going to be the same. No, because he didn't have that ability. He didn't have that quality. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that talent. That's a pretty great, incisive way to look at it. It really is. Uh, Teddy, thank you so much. You have your audio book out from, of your uh, autobiography. Is that right? It's coming out soon? Yeah, yeah thanks, Al. Yeah, that's out. Um, it's, you know, it's a pretty simple name to remember. It's Atlas, um, the book. Mm-hmm. And it's I, if I'm saying it right, it's uh, a son from the – I think it's from the ring to the from the streets to the ring, a son's journey to become a man, and um, yeah, it's it's been turned into an audio. Awesome! And tell us about the charity work you do, Doctor Atlas Foundation, right? Yeah, twenty three years. My father was a general practitioner, practiced fifty five years, did house calls till he was eighty for free, because he went into the projects and the places where people couldn't get out when they were sick. So he, you know, he felt that. He wanted to do that, so he did it for no charge till he was 80. He found a way to do that, even though he was getting old. He founded two hospitals on Staten Island. One he built before the Verrazano Bridge uh, that had 22 beds in it. And he founded it, he built it himself for one reason. Way before HMOs, way before any talk about Obamacare, any of that stuff, you know, he wanted people to be able to get good health care. They couldn't get it. They couldn't afford it. So he built the hospital and he took care of it. And, you know, the people that could afford it paid the bills. The rest of it, he absorbed it. I just figured that mm. a man who lived that way, 
uh, should be remembered. So when he died, I I remembered him. I started this foundation, and what we do is we only help people that are fall through the cracks normally that don't have anywhere else to go. We whether it's their lights being shut off, their gas being shut off, whether it's a mom with three kids and she's a single mom. And uh, she fell behind because one of the kids got sick. She's trying, but they got sick. She fell behind. She's about to be thrown out of her apartment, be put into a city shelter. We step in. We don't let that happen. You know, we, we'll pay for the for the $3,200 or whatever it is. Might as well be 32000 for a woman like this. Uh, so she don't have to be put into a shelter. She can get an apartment and then she can be on her own once she now she can catch up and should be okay. She just needs that little bridge, you know, to get over that tough spot. Mm-hmm. And um, it might be a family with a kid that, you know, he, they can't get the right treatment program. The insurance doesn't allow it. We step in and we we pay for whatever the difference is or whatever it takes to get them the right treatment program. We put handicap ramps up. So we do that stuff. That's great. It's a great cause and a, a terrific way to honor Teddy's father. Go to DrAtlasFoundation.com and don't spell out doctor. It's D-R-A-T-L-A-S Foundation.com. Teddy Atlas, thank you so much for coming on. This has uh, been a years in the making. I'd love to talk to you. And uh, go visit Teddy Atlas's bust and Canisto to the real Hall of Fame. Forget this New Jersey <laughs> stuff. You can go, go right there and uh, see him. All right. Thanks so much, Teddy. That'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live 1135 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the degenerate trifecta Hill producer Jim Cunningham and the great Teddy Atlas. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. You come at the king, best not miss. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jamel Hill. And I'm Van Layton. We're proud to introduce our new podcast, The Wire, Way Down in the Hole. We're going to recap, break down, and analyze every episode of the iconic HBO hit series, The Wire, starting from the beginning with season one. First episodes hitting you on April 15th. Now, every podcast episode will include recaps, signature moments, foreshadowing, key character deep dives, little-known facts, and also awards such as We Love This Show But, the Stringer Bell Fuckboy Award, my personal favorite, who won the episode, and more. So subscribe to The Wire Way Down in the Hole on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you in West Baltimore on April 15th.